0: my fellow fanatical elves welcome this is the cleveland oracle speaks and this is a show which normally talks about the past present and future of the cleveland browns but today i'm going to talk about reading some minds i'm going to talk about some conspiracy theories not one not two but three conspiracy theories that i'm going to hash over with you today I don't know. I don't think we necessarily need to even have conspiracy theories, but I think it's my duty to tell you what I really think, and I'm going to talk about the departure of the uh, incredibly well-known and respected offensive line coach Bill Callahan. I don't think it was a good thing, and I think that there may be some reasons below the surface that we need to investigate. Let me take some time to twiddle with the sound here just a little bit, and let me fix the audio here. The music's gone. All right, I think that should be a little bit better. And I have a, once again, a PowerPoint for those of you who have video. Let me do the present screen thing. Share screen, window, here's the PowerPoint. Share. And let's see from the top. Here we are. So why did Bill Callahan leave? Now there's a very innocent explanation. The obvious answer is is that he wanted to help his son's offense in Tennessee. He loves his son, son loves his father. Why not help out? Just like you know, Pop Warnerly, you gotta have the dad, you know, coach. With the son, I guess it's a little bit backward because the the uh, son is actually the boss here and the dad will work for the son. But all right, that's pretty innocent enough. And we don't really need to have a conspiracy theory here, do we? True enough. But he could have had that exact same situation in Cincinnati because he was uh, Brian Callahan, the son was the offensive coordinator in Cincinnati. And so, very logically, um, Bill Callahan could have been the offensive uh, line coach for Cincinnati and worked for his son in exactly the same relationship, just about, right? Actually, he's separated uh, by uh, one tier lower, where you have the head coach, offensive coordinator, and then Bill would be one tier down below that or you know there's a like a buffer layer between the two um so he could have worked for his son in cincinnati if he had really wanted to do that and they thought at the time the story was well you know it's not really that great when you have uh coaching on the same team in the same family you, you know you tend to butt heads and get into disagreements why don't we just not do that uh thanksgiving will be a lot more peaceful if um, we don't bring work home with us, how about that? And you know, and, and that's a pretty pervasively logical story. Why change now, all of a sudden? What has changed? Bill seemed happy in Cleveland. So what has changed? And you know, perhaps then he did not like the way he sees the franchise headed perhaps he sees cincinnati or excuse me not cincinnati but tennessee as a better opportunity and he took advantage of that opportunity because it was there now as a disclaimer let me say that although i do have secret sources for certain scouting opportunities you know that i do have in, you know people that tell me things that i protect their identity for there are no secret sources for this story. I am not infallible. Not all of my predictions come true. However, the Cleveland Oracle is old and wise, and I do have extrasensory powers and the ability to read minds on certain occasions. Um, So let's talk about what has happened. Of course, uh, Van Pelt is gone. Alex Van Pelt, former quarterback, And the former Browns quarterback is in as the offensive coordinator. And, okay, that kind of makes sense a little bit. You know, we're getting rid of the traditional Stefanski offense, the two tight ends and the short gains, you know, methodically moving down the field. And we're going for that wide open pass heavy offense. That's going to highlight Deshaun Watson's skills. And I think everybody realizes that that's what we ought to do. We've got So much invested in uh, Deshaun Watson. Let's go all in on Deshaun Watson and give him the offense that can maximize his skills. That makes sense, right? Okay. Um, Maybe so, but not everybody thinks that this is the right way to go about it. And in particular, uh, the top dog, Hanford Dixon, questioned this (laughs) in his blog. He says, you know, this is absolutely crazy. He just got fired. In particular, he got fired because, you know, not due to, uh, you know, unfairly, but he really did not do that good of a job in Buffalo. As soon as he got fired, Buffalo started performing better on offense. Uh, you'll recall that 10 games in, they were 5-5, five and five, and they were starting to get bogged down on offense. Josh Allen was throwing interceptions left and right. And as soon as they fired him, they turned it around, made the playoffs, and they were pretty good. Um, So why do we want to have this guy who just got fired uh, as our offensive coordinator? And maybe, just maybe, uh, Bill Callahan might hold a similar view to, you know, you may not uh, respect the viewpoint of uh, of me, the village Elliot may not count that much, but somebody like Hanford Dixon may have a little bit more weight to his opinion because you know he was a superb football player, uh, maybe one of the greatest uh, defensive backs that uh, I've seen in my lifetime play for the Cleveland Browns, and he knows football as well as anybody. He doesn't think it was such a great move so it's not just not just me that is skeptical now we hope of course that he that uh, dorsey is a young man and that he's going to progress and grow and become that offensive coordinator that uh, we're hoping for but he didn't do it last season and You know, one of the things that he did, I don't know if it was this year, I think it was maybe the year before, you know, he he got national attention for throwing a temper tantrum in the booth when uh, Buffalo was not able to get the clock stopped in time to kick a game-winning field goal. And he just started throwing things in the booth and the TV cameras caught it. And everybody had a big laugh at his expense because he was just throwing everything he could find, uh, you know, throwing it in the booth. And that was pretty hilarious. Uh, You know, the video on Twitter went viral. And uh, is this the kind of guy that Bill Callahan wants to work for? That's going to be his immediate supervisor if he stays in Cleveland. Is that guy the one that he wants to choose for his boss? I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't seem like a slam dunk that that's the kind of guy that Bill Callahan wants to work with. Remember, Bill Callahan has been a coach in the NFL, and he's even taken a team to the Super Bowl as head coach in the NFL. I'm not sure he needs to work with a guy who loses his temper like that and screams and yells. I don't know if that's his style. Maybe um, Ken Dorsey will prove to be, again, an excellent offensive coordinator, and we hope that's true but we're maybe not sure about that um uh, let me take a little break here i want to tell you about like we always do a public service announcement some of the charities that the cleveland browns are involved with they started last year to have a small business training camp which is held at first energy stadium i don't know what the date is going to be in 2024 it has not been announced yet it is a uh, Partnership between an organization called JumpStart and the Cleveland Browns, and it's a kind of training camp, uh, half-day uh, small business intensive, which uh, um, teaches some of the fundamentals of running a successful small business. Uh, this is you know something that would appeal to somebody that's maybe contemplating a a business degree in college, something like that. I want to add, though, a caution that you don't become an entrepreneur in a half-day session. This is something that might spark interest, um, but it doesn't make you an entrepreneur. It does not make you a small business person. You need to have a sustained, consistent effort for years before you can become a success in a small business. But this is something that can get you started, connect you with the resources that you need to have, in order to know how to have a small business and to become successful, you need to make those contacts. And this is something, you know, one step along the way that that you as a young um, prospective small business person could find very valuable. So I want to throw that out that the Browns are active in helping young people, especially uh, start a small business. Maybe even old people like me might be able to attend that and learn how to start a small business. And by the way, I am a small business person. I am working for a small business now. I have in the past, for 30 years, I've started up companies and done cool stuff like that. Also work for big companies, work for university, work for for a lot of uh, different arrangements. Small businesses are cool. All right, time for a commercial break. We're gonna pause for five seconds live and in many of the platforms that carry our show, We'll have uh, commercials that uh, uh, support us and help to pay us to stay on the air. And I'll take five seconds, and Johnny Cleveland will insert those commercial messages here. And we are back, and thank you again, Johnny, for all the work that you do. Uh, thank you also, by the way, to Free Sound for providing the music for our show. They do it on a free basis or voluntary basis. And shows like mine uh, support them with voluntary contributions. So um, back to Coach Callahan. What is special about Coach Callahan? Why is he so great? Well, he has introduced to the NFL uh, different blocking schemes and different techniques that set him apart from other coaches, we might ask, well, is he the only one that can do this? And I think there's a valid point that could be made that there may be other people around the league that may have caught on to his uh, coaching methods. Maybe there are people that the Browns can consider that are, have adopted uh, similar techniques that that um, we might be able to hire. But anyway, what has he done? He's taken the Oakland Raiders to the Super Bowl. He's been the head coach at the professional level, the NFL, and also at the major college level. I think it was Nebraska that he was the head coach at for several years. He's been an offensive coordinator, and he's been really famous as the offensive line coach at various stops in the NFL, including Cleveland. And he emphasizes the wide zone blocking system, which is really pretty complicated. If you look it up in some of the, you know, like Wikipedia or something, they kind of simplify it. And they say, you know, it looks like to the fan that that the linemen are assigned to block areas of the field rather than individual linemen on the other side of the ball. That's not really true, um, but it, it may look like that to us fans. But in reality, what it is, is there's a complicated system whereby the linemen have blocking assignments that change uh, in split seconds. And... It it may be based on what area of the field that they're attempting to occupy during the run, but they slide from one part of the field to the other and switch assignments, kind of like you, the way that you switch uh, your man in basketball. And uh, so you switch off, and if if this guy misses his his block, then the other guy picks him up, and you go and block somebody else, these kinds of things. But anyway, uh, the Browns play what has been become known as the wide zone that may be modified with a new offensive coordinator and a new scheme where the Browns are going to emphasize more downfield passing, I think, in the uh, new offense. One thing that really stood out to me watching the Browns uh, practices that were open to the public are the use of hand techniques, which the Browns probably emphasize more than most, if not all, teams in the NFL. They have techniques that are known as pendulum strikes and pedestal strikes, which basically are like martial arts, where the the players are taught to uh, be aware of their opponent's body and how it shifts in weight when they go from the right foot to the left foot, and they know exactly where to aim their block so that the the the, the uh, defender will either lose his balance, be knocked over, or at least turn his body so that the running back, uh, let's say if it's a running play, can go right past him. And that's how guys like Wyatt Teller can execute the pancake block so effectively is they know exactly where and when to hit him in order to knock him on their butt. It's not just brute strength. It is technique. It is a martial art and you know my belief is that I don't think that Wyatt you know I don't know this for a fact, but I don't think that Wyatt Teller has like exceptional brute strength and he would be able to out bench press like my Miles Garrett or something. I don't think he really has that kind of special superhuman strength, but I think he does have incredible head smarts and he knows exactly where and when to hit his opponent in order to knock him off his ba- off balance, and that's why he gets so many pancake blocks. I think it's technique um, more so than brute strength, and that's something that is taught by the Cleveland Browns, and that's why they're very good at it. Certain players have really flourished under that system. Uh, Wyatt Teller is maybe the most outstanding example of that, uh, but also, also Pauly, oh yeah, I can't talk. Ethan Posick is another guy that was an ordinary center for four years, and then he came under the tutelage of uh, Bill Callahan, and all of a sudden, he's a contender for the Pro Bowl. And I think if he'd have stayed healthy and played all 17 games, he would have made it this season. He's really that good. So these things are crazy. You can look this up on um, Twitter if you like and find some of these things on twitter and watch how they train and you can watch how the linemen slide off one block and transfer um their man from uh, one lineman to the next and uh you know so they share responsibility for blocking uh one guy and uh you know and then running back goes past them and um, is able to make a game. So that gives you an example of how the wide zone actually works. All right, so anyway, so Callahan has introduced this system to the Browns very effectively. That's a large measure why Nick Chubb has been so successful in addition to his natural ability as a runner. That offensive line has really performed well for Cleveland Browns. And, okay, so let's summarize what has happened under Callahan's coaching. Well, Joel Batonio and Jack Conklin were very, very good before Callahan arrived, and they became all pros during his tenure. So they brought home some hardware. Very good. There's a whole bunch of people that made all pro under uh, Callahan. And we already talked about Wyatt Teller and Ethan Posick. Uh, Dewan Jones, the latest guy, was a rookie. He, his season was cut short due to a knee operation, but he made the all-rookie team this season. Uh, also very important is some of the second-string guys uh, did very well. Uh, Nick Harris, Michael Dunn, Luke Weipler all played pretty well in small doses in 2023. Now, I don't know if they're good enough to be starters in the NFL for seven 17 games or not. Well, actually, we want to play what 21 games or 20 games, including the playoffs. But they really did um, more than adequate jobs for the Browns in 2023. And we'd like to see how well they do in the future. Um, I think Harris is actually a free agent. Harris and Dunn both are free agents but I hope. Hopefully, they'll resign with the Browns and continue their careers here because they've really progressed well um, and hopefully will continue to retain many elements of the Callahan system, even though he will be gone, that knowledge will be retained uh, within the team. Okay, and now I want to talk about conspiracy theory and then offer a conspiracy theory about the conspiracy theory. You may recall that as coach, head coach of the Oakland Raiders, now the Las Vegas Raiders, um, there was a last minute change in the game plan against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the the Raiders who were favored to win wound up getting absolutely clobbered. I think uh, Tampa Bay rang up 48 points on them and it was horrible. And uh, so Tim Brown mentioned that he blamed uh, Bill Callahan, said he must have done that on purpose and through the game, essentially. Um, And then Jerry Rice weighed in, and even uh, Rod Woodson, to a certain extent, weighed in and said that, yeah, we think that it was not only Bill Callahan's fault, but that he probably did it deliberately. And so that's a conspiracy theory right there. Bill got very upset about that and said, look, if you're going to really... Say that I did it on purpose. That's uh, something that can get you into legal trouble. And there were, you know, threats going back and forth. But, um, all right. So, Raiders lost a game where they were the favorite team. Now, by the way, let me mention that the Oracle predicted that Tampa Bay was going to win based on the fact that they had the by far better defense. I predicted that they would win. I didn't predict that they were going to score any 48 points, but I felt that they had the best defense. They had Warren Sapp, especially who was going to disrupt whatever was going to go on in the backfield. Um, So it's not like it was inexplicable that Tampa Bay won because I called my shot and I really earned a reputation of being a football guru among my students at West Virginia University where I was working at the time. I have witnesses who will attest to that. But let me ask this question, guys, and I'm talking to you, Tim Brown, to you, Jerry Rice, and to you, Rod Woodson, all of whom are, are you know, my idols. But I think you're wrong about not thinking about whether it wasn't Al Davis that came up with the last-minute changes in the game plan. Think about it. You know, who likes the downfield passing? Who is it that's more likely to say, oh, I don't like this, you know, run, run, run game plan? I don't think that's a smart idea. I want to have more downfield passing. Al Davis made his name in football history by emphasizing the vertical offense of the Oakland Raiders. That's what went into the game plan. Doesn't that sound like Al Davis? Now, Callahan wasn't going to blame his boss i think that callahan took the hit for his boss and nobody is going to blame al davis for nothing so that's my conspiracy theory about the conspiracy theory is i believe that yeah i think that there was a last minute change in the game plan of course but i don't think it was callahan's idea i think he was kind of uh taken there kicking and screaming he said, boss, this is not a good idea. You can't change a game plan like that. And said, I'm the boss of the Raiders, and I want to change the game plan. we got to have more downfield passing. Vertical passing is the way to win this game. Okay? So I think that Davis trashed Bill Callahan's game plan and replaced it with his own genius plan. Because why? Because Al Davis is a genius. And Al Davis really was a genius, but he, you know, he wasn't right about everything. And in this case, he went too far. I think uh, Callahan implemented the revised plan because he was a good soldier and Al Davis was the general. And Callahan shielded his boss, you know, his meddling boss from a criticism that would have uh, taken place for his meddling. Um, and, you know, once again, the new plan featured vertical passing from uh, quarterback Rich Gass, uh, uh, Gannon. And it, it has all of the earmarks of an Al Davis offense. It's not a offense of uh, Callahan's meat and potatoes running attack. That's what Callahan wants. Callahan's the offensive line dude that likes to run, 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 play action, run, 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 That's Callahan's game plan. I can tell you that right off the bat. That's easy. So, all right. So I'm calling you out, Tim Brown, Jerry Rice, and Rod Woodson. I know, you know, you guys know way more football than I'll ever know, but my ESP – tells me from what I know of the Raider politics and what you probably should understand even better than I, that Al Davis was the guy that would be more likely to attempt something this outlandish rather than Callahan. In this situation, Davis would get all the credit if it had worked and none of the blame when it failed, and that's exactly what happened. It did fail, and Callahan protected his boss from all of the blame. That's what I think happened, and that's what my ESP tells me, and I'll be very interested to hear everybody's reaction to it. All right. So there you have it. I'm uh, not a complete happy camper about the situation. I think that um, may not have been a totally great move to hire Ken Dorsey. I I thought originally that the Browns had some kind of master plan about who it was that they were going to hire and that it was... um, going to be some big name offensive coordinator that they were going to wait uh until you know somebody that was on the super bowl teams and that they would have to wait until the super bowl was over in order to announce who it was that was coming on board i did not think it was going to be somebody that was already available Uh, so the ken dorsey announcement really came as a surprise um that's not to say that it's impossible for it to work i'm just giving you my reaction that well there are things that strike me as negative about it but it's not hopeless the browns do have weapons and perhaps they're right that that he's just the guy to unlock it and he may do much better than anybody thinks, or at least better than I think. So there's no reason to think that the team is doomed. There's no reason to think that the Browns cannot win. There's no reason to think that they can't make the playoffs um, and win the Super Bowl. Uh, Ken Dorsey had some very uh, significant success with Josh Allen, especially early on. And maybe what might happen is, you know, that uh, getting a fresh start with a new coach might be just the thing that he needs in order to generate some fresh concepts and fresh ideas. I think what happens sometimes to coaches is when they have some success, they stay with the successful plan too long, and the rest of the league catches up, figures out what they need to do in order to stop you and you keep on going back to that same thing over and over and over again. And you're slow to invent new things. And this situation that seems so grim, um, you know, when it happened, you know, getting fired from this coach with a fantastic quarterback, you know, losing the opportunity to work with Josh Allen may have seemed like such a disaster. But maybe the opportunity to work with somebody that's a significantly different quarterback and Deshaun Watson, maybe that will spur Ken Dorsey to develop new concepts, work with different players, and develop a new play style that's better than what he had done before. So we'll see how it works. Not saying that it's that it's hopeless or that progress is impossible or that it's impossible for Dorsey to improve. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that um, there's some negative factors that have to be overcome. We'll see how it works out, um, but I also think that it is a big loss that um, that Bill Callahan has moved on to another position. And I don't understand exactly why he left. I think that he'll be very hard to replace, although there are people available in the NFL that understand his system and that can continue to uh, operate within that system. Although I would make the same comment that even though it's been fantastically successful in the past, that uh, Callahan system too needs to evolve because the NFL is evolving and there needs to be new ideas also. So maybe it is an appropriate time uh, to move on and to get some new concepts uh, worked into what has been a very successful program. So it's um, it's never going to be exactly the same. You can never have the same formula and live by it year after year after year. You do have to bring in new ideas and bringing in a new person is not entirely a bad thing. I just am suspicious about the timing. I think it signifies... Uh, an opinion perhaps that not all is well with the Cleveland Browns coaching staff at this particular time, coaching staff and personnel, salary cap perhaps at this particular time. Things need to get fixed. Uh, There is an entire offseason to work on those, however. We'll continue to follow that as the season develops. So uh, I'll see you again very soon. Thank you for tuning in. Have a Great week, everybody. I'm looking forward to the Super Bowl, and God bless. Bye for now.